Hello, Jane. Hey, Issa. <laughs> <laughs> here we are once again on a sunday morning sleepy sunday morning uh welcome to uh, under the bleachers a podcast about teen content we are adults who watch and discuss movies for teens um, and also just anything else that we want to talk about uh yesterday uh, i haven't gotten a lot of sleep because yesterday i was up for like three hours cumulatively trying to google different types of short haircuts i could maybe get but also i did a fun thing uh i went to a drive-in movie woohoo wait where was this uh this was in queens uh so we there's a there's a drive-in theater called radio park in astoria this is not an ad but i just want to promote them because it rocked it was the best thing i did in 2020 um but they they do drive-in movies and they also do a concert uh, so we watched a screening of Selena, a 1997 movie, which happens nice. to be Jennifer Lopez's acting debut. It's oh, a yeah, biopic for about sure. Selena Quintanilla, um, a Mexican-American singer. But there was mm-hmm. also a Broadway actor, Ava Noblezada, who I'm a huge fan of, uh, who sang the songs. And it was a cool thing where they like, anytime there was a song in the movie, they would just pause the movie and then fade into the actual concert and then resume the movie. That's very interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it was it was really well done. Um, there were some technical difficulties, but it was awesome. I just a safe drive-in movie. I had I hadn't had popcorn since you know movie fresh movie popcorn. Um, I was like humming with excitement. I was like, yeah, we want a large popcorn with butter, and just like <laughs> freaking out the person. Um, and they had food trucks. They had chicken and waffles, jerk chicken, cannoli. Yum. It was amazing go to radio park um, i i have a comment actually about haircuts craziness okay. <laughs> um i got a pixie cut in high school and before before i did that i like used the old school um whatever the drawing tool was that word had and i like oh. cut out a lady's pixie cut and i put it onto my face and i sent it to people and was like <laughs> you do like, i look good. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. funny you mentioned that uh, part of my struggle last night was I was trying to find an app that would just do that and you'd think that would yeah. be easy to find mm-hmm. and it's really not. There's like yeah, 45 not. scary apps that are just collecting pictures of your face <laughs> to like you to sell your data to someone uh, that I downloaded because I was like, I really want to see this and then they turn out to be bad and not have the haircut I want. It was just, it was a terrible experience. Unlike Did the you drive-in. do the thing? So for everyone listening, Issa has very long hair and she's considering a short haircut. Did you do the thing where you like fold your, put hair. your hair in a ponytail and you like yes. kind of pull it out a little bit on the yes, sides? Yes, yes. I would like I was like combing my my front layers over the top of my head to make it like <laughs> layers on the side. Anyway, um I'm not going to get a short haircut yet because honestly there's not really a point in doing it right now when we're maybe going to go into lockdown again around the holidays. Yeah, uh, for sure. And it's expensive. I hope. But I am going to fool around with cutting my own hair at home because I already cut uh, Nate's hair. So Totally. Might, you should do I it. Might, uh, I might at least give myself a trim. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, just stayed up late thinking about that. Stayed up late thinking about teens. <laughs> as we do. <laughs> 
there was a piece of news uh, regarding teen films that that Issa messaged me. <laughs> it was very concerning. Issa, do you want to share? Yes. Uh, I I texted Jane. Did you hear the Maddie Ziegler news? And Jane just said back, "Is that a dance teen?" Which is which is true. <laughs> she is the dance teen. Uh, for those who don't know, Maddie Ziegler is the the dance mom's child now teen. Uh, who's in all the Sia music videos? So her big, her big mainstream debut, I would say, is the Chandelier music video, and she's an amazing oh, yeah. dancer and like a cool child actor, I guess. Um, and like something about her, I find kind of, uh, I don't know, artistic and weird is that she just like has very interesting facials while she dances, right? Like in mm-hmm. the Chandelier video. Yeah. The big news about her is that Sia is directing a movie called Music. And she has cast Maddie Ziegler um, as an autistic teen. And uh, and I'm really nervous. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Wait, the movie's called Music? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's important yes. too. Yes. The title is just Music? The title is Music. I think it's just about an autistic teen uh, who loves music. And it's about Kate Hudson as the, I mean, not canonically. It's about, it's played by Kate Hudson. She's the older sister of this what? autistic dean yeah <laughs> okay kate hudson come on you're you're it, you're a mom age let's, yes the, let's the, be the big people in it are kate hudson and then also leslie odom jr who's in hamilton mm-hmm. um and he does like you know it's 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 a kind of musical movie there's like i assume dance numbers in it and so i think that's why he's in it too but of course everyone is freaking out because um because uh maddie Zagler is not autistic <laughs> to be clear nope I'm freaking out because we're going to have to watch it yeah. and discuss it. <laughs> and I'm concerned. But uh, I, I, <laughs> when is it coming out? Uh, February. Also, the other thing that I was screaming about that I wanted to tell you live on the pod is that so, you know, kind of uh, rightfully so, a bunch of uh, people on Twitter who are advocates for people who are neurodivergent or autistic um, were talking about there are autistic actors who act in films like all the time and you could have cast an autistic actor and made her the lead, especially because like, you know, this is a breakout role for Maddie Zegler. Kate Hudson is the real sort of like celebrity. So you could have just made an autistic actor a star, right? Um, for sure. And Sia, uh, the person was like, you know, I've, I was contact or I contacted the production company and like, offered to like get them in touch with a bunch of autistic working autistic actors and like I'm a working autistic actor I could have acted in this on short notice um and Sia replied to this person and said maybe you're just bad at acting (gasps) (laughs) oh my god all right that's that's like indefensible which is (laughs) yikes okay Sia Sia strikes me as one of those people who like thinks she's so artistic that she's like above anything like she kind of maddie is kind of her muse like shia labeouf is also like kind of her muse oh my god and like i feel like she sees herself as like beyond any type of um i don't know whatever we could do a whatever whole this podcast on my maddie zeigler's appearances because also there was a lot of talk about the the video with um shia labeouf and maddie Zeigler. oh yeah that is I actually like love that video. I also and love I kn- that video. It's challenging because the thing is like, okay, here's my <laughs> thing. If a child, if you are paying a child to do work, that is fucked up. <laughs> period. So like that's where I start. I'm like, 
it's already weird that you are employing a child. Like, yeah. you know, this child isn't really choosing, whatever. So the mom you're starting from that place. Um, and then, of course, you inter- you like have her working with a grown man. But it's a really cool video. It is a cool-ass <laughs> video. Wait, anyway, my point was maybe when the movie comes out, we should just do a Maddie Zagler episode and we can like oh, yeah. watch Dance Moms. Anyway. <laughs> Sounds good. Speaking of talented teens. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Um, this, this week's movie is, or this episode's movie is, The Sun is Also a Star, uh, which Jane had heard about before I did, right? Okay, so I was scrolling through movies with my boyfriend, and I guess I was in a grumpy mood because we saw this movie and I said, The Sun is Also My Butt, (laughs) and refused to watch it. Um, but I've since read the book, and then I watched the, the movie for the pod. Yeah, I um the the only time I heard about this movie uh was I saw a movie poster um and my first thought was like uh guy from Riverdale and like yep. a really beautiful actor uh, who plays so the girl. So beautiful. She's so mm-hmm. gorgeous. Um the guy f- from Riverdale is the guy who plays Reggie and he uh replaced the guy who he replaced an actor in Riverdale who had to be taken off Riverdale. Because of a murder accusation, which is also awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, like very cool, very, very Riverdale. Cool, actually, very Riverdale. Also, the first actor was hotter, in my opinion. Um, sorry, I don't I remember was what look he looks their like. Names. Uh, but Charles. This actor is definitely hot. Charles but... Melton. Mm, okay, so my <laughs> <laughs> my thing about Charles Melton is that I actually think his face kind of looks like a foot, but he's like really. Uh. He, like, works out nine hours a day and has, like, good hair with, like, a good hairline. <laughs> and so he's attractive. I think he's cute. The The problem is, and we're going to talk about this, he's old. He's 10 years older yes. than the, the, the woman actress. And it's very obvious. And it completely takes away from older. the movie, in my opinion. Yes. Yara Shahidi. I apologize if that is not how you say her name. Uh, she is famous for being on Blackish. And then grown-ish. I actually have not watched either of those, but I knew that she was. I knew that she was actually a teen, or she's twenty now. But you know, I she, think she was like eighteen teen, when they filmed this. Yeah, she's a teen actor, um, super gorgeous, just like a gorgeous actor. <laughs> like I, the yeah. whole time I was just like, wow, I look. I wish I looked like her. But um, <laughs> uh, in my opinion, had like some really terrible lines in this, and for sure, it was just like unsalvageable sometimes by being a good actor. Um. But yeah, we can uh, let's let's jump right in. Let's uh, let's All introduce right. our teens. Okay, so our two main characters are Natasha and Daniel. Natasha is a logical, science-obsessed Jamaican teen, and she's set to be deported the next day. Uh, she heads to the immigration office, where she's ar- initially told, "No luck, you're going to get deported." But after putting up the smallest fight, <laughs> gets information <laughs> for a pro bono lawyer who might be able to help her. Daniel is a Korean teen who is artistic and romantic, which we know because there is a Shakespeare quote posted on his wall next to a picture of Tupac. Um, his parents expect him to become a doctor, and he's preparing for an interview uh, with Dartmouth. Yeah. And also his brother, Charlie, bullies him. Yeah. So Dar- Dartmouth alum. Yeah, we have way, uh, way in. Ew, I, I hate that I've been outed as a... Sorry. Uh, a coastal elite. No, I, I I went to Dartmouth and I I met many pre med Daniels who were Korean American. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Did they all wait? Did they all want to be poets or were they uh, were they more of uh, Natasha? No, I would say that it's not as sort of um, 
like uh, there's not as big a contrast between like wanting to be pre-med and then what your actual passion is i would say i met like it felt like half the people i met in freshman year were pre-med because dartmouth Mm -hmm. does have a med school attached and so some people wanted to like just go dartmouth dartmouth um but but i think that just happens when people are high achieving high schoolers and they're like trying to look for like a set path and that's like a very easy track to hop on and then most people will like hop off and do something like not necessarily poetry, <laughs> yeah. but just like something, you know, else, something else. Go into finance. Yeah. Knowing Dartmouth, go into finance. Let's be real. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, uh, but I, this is a movie about a woman in STEM. <laughs> let's, yes. let's be clear. She's a woman in color in STEM. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a huge part of the movie. Her name's Tasha. Uh, she, I, oh, go ahead. I, so I sort of mentioned this, but her freak out in the immigration office is like super tame. And like, in my mind, people who work in an immigration office have seen much worse than like a beautiful young woman being like, <laughs> I need help. <laughs> like she's very, she has like a very like Nicole Kidman-y or like raspy, yes. raspy voice. Um, I'm also watching The Undoing right now starring <laughs> Nicole Kidman. But anyway, um, so like when she's crying, she's not like screaming. She's kind of just like rasping, um, but they immediately give her information. Another thing about her is that she has perpetually glossy lips? Uh, yeah, that is a that's a um a teen movie thing, like having for sure. Also, specifically Amanda Bynes mm. teen movies, like Amanda Bynes has never been filmed without a fresh layer of the gloss. like juicy lip gloss. Yeah. It's hard because because I watched movies like that growing up, I thought it would be nice to have like lip gloss. And I do like how it looks, but it's such a fucking pain. Like it's a pain. Your hair your gets, hair in gets it caught constantly, in it. or it just like it comes off immediately, or it like dries your it lips sucks. out. Yeah, I, it's not it's not realistic. I much prefer a matte lip now, but she looks awesome. Yara looks awesome. She's she's um, beautiful. I didn't like <laughs> the, when the movie started. I was like, wow, she's a bad actor. But I do think it's just because she had terrible scenes to start with. Because you're right that they give her. It's probably the director's fault. They give her this like very emotional scene where like her parents are telling her okay it's we're done we're gonna leave we've already talked to lawyers and she's just like this is my home new york is my home she just has these like she's super muted at the beginning yeah Mm -hmm. very quiet lines um i also kind of hate that the way we find out she's jamaican is that the immigration lawyer goes you're going to jamaica some people are going to gaza which i thought was like wild yeah, some people and are going to Afghanistan. I, I that, that was a weird take. Um, <laughs> so in the, I feel like I should talk about the book a little bit. Um, okay. One thing I like, so the book is like super chaotic <laughs> in the sense that they're going between perspectives. They have a little breaks where they just give you straight up information about something that's that's happening about science. Um, there's a lot more in the book background on like natasha's father on random characters there's a lot more like kismet stuff which i was wondering but they never use the word kismet but there's a lot more like random coincidences in the book and i actually like how they do that in the movie like i i think my the my favorite part of the movie are all of these little cutscenes and flashbacks where you're learning about just something random agree i actually think a really well, we can talk about this later, but something the movie kind of set up for us was this thing about like fate and kismet and what role that plays in our lives. And also um, it's there's two con there's two things that are going on. And I don't know why there had to be two things going on. There's this whole thing about fate. And then there's this whole thing about like 
doing your passion as your major in college. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you're right that they, they are not related, actually. Those are not related, and, and they really <laughs> try to make them related. But I do love – I love that the story of her parents' meeting is that her dad ducked into a store because it was raining, and that's, like, why he met her mom. I think that was really cool. They, or they just did yeah. it in a really cute flashback. Um, okay, so we go to Daniel. He's, yeah, our romantic. He's hanging out, speaking in Korean at the ceiling. That's, like, the first <laughs> – we see did you did you catch that no he was just muttering at the ceiling there were no subtitles i don't know why he's doing that oh um and then he my movie had subtitles the entire way through because it was an illegal download okay (laughs) (laughs) and then he gets up and writes deus ex machina in his notebook oh my god yeah (laughs) a little rough okay in my mind Sorry. So yeah, he does write this. In my mind, the reason why they they write Deus Ex Machina is because it sort of is like giving an an excuse for why all of this improbable stuff happens later. Because like Deus Ex Machina means like when people complain about that in a book, it's like this feels like it was forced. Like it feels like they drew something random. And like that happens a lot in this movie. I actually don't think that the movie or the characters understand what Deus Ex Machina means. Do I not understand? No, no, no. You, you are it? right. You are right. <laughs> okay. Deus Ex Machina is when, like, everything's going to shit and then, like, something happens by chance in the end and it kind of saves everything. Right. But the way that um, Reggie, that's not his name, Daniel. Um, we can call him Reggie. The way that Reggie from Riverdale <laughs> understands it is that, like, fate, kismet. That's, like, what he gets out of it. So it's wrong. But I do think it's a good example of, like, a dumb teen. <laughs> For sure. He's a little, uh, he's a little dumb. I do think he looks I... better than in Riverdale. Um, in this show I think he looks beautiful I I think like I said he's too old and one reason this comes up for me is because he has this brother who's really harassing him and his brother is smaller than him and so like when they go like nose to nose it's sort of like Reggie could beat the shit out of you yeah they're like uh, Nate uh, Nate sort of looked at the movie and was like there's no reason this guy has to look like this (laughs) like what does he do but I mean I thought his brother Charlie, <laughs> like our producer, I thought his his brother was kind of funny in the start. He like walks in and says like, looking like the one percent little brother, which like yeah sets up this thing. Like there's a little anxiety about how his brother is like a fail son, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But he's like equally hot with like hot tattoos. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of hot. So the book does something super interesting with him, which I actually prefer. But I don't know if it's a cop out. Um, in the book, they just they make him a jerk and like she explicitly says at the end that he is a jerk for the rest of his life. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she, like, gives him this future where he, like, cheats on his wives and, like, oh, shit. just is a dick. Wow. And there's sort of a, there's an arc in the movie. Yeah, and I also think that, like, I didn't think he was a jerk from the first scene. I thought he was just, like, someone who, I actually thought their family was, like, an understandable weird dynamic. Anyway, we're, we're jumping ahead. One more thing I was going to say is that we know that he's a city teen because he wears Jordans with his suit. Ah, yes. They are very, they are they're, very cool they're teens. They're cool urban teens. They're very, Not they're like what I wish way, I was now. Oh, okay. So I actually comments about way. that. Also, they live in Queens. Neither of these actors are fully the race that they're portraying, which mm. I don't know. I don't know if that matters. I mean, they're beautiful and, and they look gorgeous together, but it sometimes bothers me, especially because this is like an immigration story. Like, also, they don't have to say that she's from Jamaica. They could make it what her actual race is, the actor. Because she's from, she's half Iranian, I think, right? Yeah, she's also, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm not certain what her background is. Um, anyway, you're right. I agree with you. I think it's weird. And they just wanted to cast these hot teens, hot POC teens. I have, okay, so I have two questions to ask you. Okay. 
Which are you, <laughs> Natasha or Daniel? Oh shit! Okay, that's a big one. Um, I'm. Do you mean? Uh, I think as a teen, I was probably like Natasha, but I also am really annoyed by her. Like, I don't believe in love thing, which we can talk about later. I um, fully identify as a Natasha. Also, she is super angsty, but the like logical logicalness is definitely where my brain goes. Um, I would say our producer Charlie is a Daniel. Our producer Charlie <laughs> is maybe who I thought about when, when they were like, oh, he's just like a romantic and like loves to talk about kismet with girls he just met who are extremely beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're like roasting him. Um, good, good for you, But Charlie. I mean, it worked because he has a really beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> hi, Alex. We, um, hi, okay, Alex. <laughs> next question. Okay, what's your next Co- question? Okay, a lot of this a lot of this story is based on um, Daniel having to get to this college interview, which is, like, super mm-hmm, hyped up, mm-hmm, wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. His mom is, like, kind of coaching him. Do they matter in your experience? Did they matter at all? Um, I'd like to reserve that question for later when we get the college interview because I do have, like, Ooh. a – I do have, a col- I do have like, college interview stories to talk about. Um, okay. Uh, Sweet. I will save can, my college yeah, let's, interview story Let's go well. on and have a college interview discussion later. Okay. All right, so – Natasha and Daniel are on the same subway, and when the train stops in between stations, the conductor tells a story about a friend who missed a train, which saved him from 9-11. (laughs) At Grand Central Station, Daniel notices Natasha and decides to chase after her, which is something women love. He then immediately (laughs) saves her from being hit by a car. They end up talking about love, which Natasha doesn't believe in because she's a woman in STEM. (laughs) That's what I wrote in my notes. Daniel brings up a study where strangers fell in love after asking each other questions and staring into each other's eyes and says that he can make Natasha fall in love with him the same way. Conveniently, his interview is rescheduled for the next day. I was really distracted during this part because I was just trying to figure out what trains they were on because I live in New York now, baby. Um, I was like, does this make logical sense? Uh, the most unrealistic part of this is that they're just hanging out at Grand Central Station looking at the people. Yeah. Both of them get out of believable. Grand Central Station and they get out of the part where you swipe your card and they just hang out, which means that they must have built in like an hour and a half more time before getting to their destination to like get off the train, go look at stuff and then go back on the platform and wait for your actual train to get your destination. For sure. And there's like way more beautiful things to look at. I mean, I guess because he's artistic, he it's different for him. He likes things that are, you know, you wouldn't see the beauty in immediately. Yeah, but if you but grew still, up in Queens, you wouldn't just hang out in Grand Central Station. Yeah. If you, if any listeners are from Queens and want to correct me, that's fine. I'll die on this hill and you can fight with me. Um, Is the equivalent for me as someone who grew up in New Jersey hanging out in like Port Authority? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking at the ceiling in port authority um oh, what a hellhole also i hate that his friend is just trying to songwrite on the train i don't know what that's about but i hated his friend immediately yeah that was i guess it's like his artistic buddy he's like hey he's what like is this sound of his like art. choose between these two <laughs> i'm also like i would never be brave enough to just rap on a subway <laughs> or sing or do any type of performance art uh even if i was just like sharing it with a friend i would i would be super self-conscious yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk Wait, about more... the subway operator. <laughs> oh yeah, this is important. <laughs> so t- the the sequence of events is they're on the train. The subway stops. All the lights shut off. The operator immediately gets on the PA and says, "You might be panicking, but don't." <laughs> and then <laughs> Thanks, talks guy. about nine eleven and says, "Like yeah, like 
I was on a train that stopped, and if it had gone on, I would have gotten to 9-11 and died. You were meant to be here at this time. Open your heart to destiny. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's happening? <laughs> I really hate I hate stories like that because there's absolutely someone who, like, missed a flight and because of that was on, on 9-11. Yes. Like, I, I mean, like. The reverse is true. It's absolutely not a thing that, that matters, I guess. I mean, and I don't think. I mean, I don't believe in fate, so there you go. They also have a token new yorker asshole who's like shut up asshole to the pa and then he listens to the 9-11 story and he's like oh no he's right and his eyes kind of like <laughs> gloss over and he's like oh <laughs> maybe i like i don't know won't um, do coke yeah. later there's i do want to point out this is sort of going back but okay when daniel chases after natasha mm. there's a scene where he and his friend are quote looking for natasha and Daniel says, I can't find her. But the way they film this scene is having them stand still and have cameras spin around them. So it's hilarious to me to think that they were like looking for her, but they were truly standing in one spot. Yeah. Um, I do think at this point in the film, I was like, wow, there's a lot of like New York moments because then then they like go to Chinatown. They're aimlessly taking the subway to Chinatown for some reason. It's extremely like. You know, New, New York, York is porn, like almost yeah. another character kind oh of. Oh my vibes. god! <laughs> uh, I think maybe it's because it's uh, it's uh, about immigration that they're we're they're like trying to show us how much they are both connected to this city. Maybe um, yes. I mean, I like it. I like I like movies I like, about yeah. places that I'm familiar with. I like with. seeing New York. I like as someone who just moved to New York, it is fun to like see. Oh, I recognize where they are. Um, but it anyway, whatever. But it's very high production value is what I meant to say. Oh, yeah. It's it's really beautifully filmed. And I will also share now that I have been listening to this soundtrack oh. for a week straight. Oh. There is a dope Lil Yachty song that I've never heard before. <clears throat> cool. And it's, it's so good. The music is great. There is also, unfortunately, like a Hey Ya indie cover, which oh. don't I don't like. <laughs> um, but I do recommend the music. When does that happen in the movie? I don't remember. I don't know. There's um, also like Coldplay Yellow, which I don't recall being in the film. Um, okay, so then we okay, then we get to our whole like do you believe in love conversation. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I just have never really met anyone who says things like that out loud and I don't think So the the rationale here is that she's a woman in STEM and cuz she likes science. Like women in STEM are like extremely beautiful and independent and they just don't believe in love because they like science, which is not in my opinion, not how you come to that realization. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, you would think that she's been Also, her parents have smited. a great marriage, and her parents met due to chance. So wouldn't it be more True. likely that she does believe in love? I, Sorry, but everyone that I've met that are cynical about love or marriage, it's because, like, stuff has happened in their family that lead them to believe that, and that's fair. For sure. Wait, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say she's been smited, but isn't that when you, like, burn someone with fire? <laughs> yeah, I think that's when you, like, come... That's when you, like hit someone on the head and like they burst into flames what's like well like wronged and and in the book she was wronged wait there was like a backstory of her having been like cheated on oh that would make so much more sense yeah it it works better here she's just Um, like oh they're feeling hormones i'm a woman in science so i can tell you that they're feeling hormones she comes off honestly as unattractive yeah considering how beautiful she is like her little speech like she's not enticing to me um 
I mean, he's into her because her jacket says Deus Ex Machina, which he had just written. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I get it. But also another thing, another Something thing is that she's Charlie about, would also do. Sorry, okay, keep going. <laughs> she's She talks about wanting to be a data scientist, and you, you oh know God. about science. Is this something you would say? Like, it's so vague. It is, but it is something that, like, an adult would say and not a teen. I don't think, okay. I don't think, well, Zoomers, feel free to correct us. But I don't think a teen would be like, hmm, I really love science, but, like, to be practical, I guess I'll look into being a data scientist. Like, I don't, I just don't think, like, a teen would sort of, like, go on Indeed and, like, do that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Or at least it would be specific to something. She lists a few examples and they're all kind of like capitalistic and like oh, she, yeah, yeah. she's like concerned about making money which i guess sets us up later for her wanting yeah, to be like an astronomer flow, four week work weeks for big companies yeah. <laughs> i was like oh yeah. that sucks <laughs> like why are you thinking about this i like, guess you, traffic okay, like you're on the subway the the one um possibility is that she's a malcolm gladwell teen because i did know like a couple people in high school who were like Malcolm Gladwell is a genius, and data is awesome. Wait, I don't know who that is. Oh, it's um a like nonfiction writer who read who read who wrote stuff like um Blink and The Tipping Point. Oh, okay, and okay. Outliers. Oh, Outliers. I yes have heard of that. Now you yeah now you know. So he's like, I'm gonna look at data and show you like pop psychology through data. That's for sure, that's which is does. super cool. Yeah, I mean, um, I can I, understand if you're a teen, you're like, wow, I want to be like Malcolm Gladwell. But um, she should have just said stuff like that. Anyway, I do think that the the five ingredients to fall in love question is pretty funny because they, oh, yeah, sorry. To backtrack on the plot, they um, they decide to like open up a questionnaire of like questions that were asked in the study to make people fall in love with each other. One is like. Which is a real thing. Yeah, one is the thing about looking into each other's eyes, but one is like, what are five ingredients to fall in love? Um, and then she says mutual self-interest and socioeconomic compatibility. And then he says friendship, chemistry, a moral compass, common interest, and the X factor. And I was like, you're both right. It's all of those things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> they seem like pretty mature. Actually. Yeah, that's why I'm like, this doesn't seem like teen. Di- some of this movie, I'm like, yeah, that's a dumb teen. And some of this movie, I'm like, no, no, no. This is an adult trying to be a teen. Mostly they look like they're in a jewelry commercial for, like, engagement rings. That's a great, um, like, way to summarize the aesthetic of this movie. Like, a for cool sure. jewelry commercial for, like, young I have a question for you, okay. which is, have you ever had a chance encounter, and maybe specifically on public transportation? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say... No, like related to like romantic romantic things. No, I mean anything. Okay, I guess uh, the one like weird fate thing that's happened between me and Nate, my husband, is that weeks before we met in person, um, I lost my ID card, and mm. when you lose your ID card in college, you can often just look up the person's email and be like, "Hey, I found your ID card." And the person who looked up my email and was like, and emailed me and was like, "Hey, I found your ID card," um, was Nate whoa yeah that is a a creepy thing and he um that's really cool he what's funny is that you could he could have said like let's meet up and i'll give it to you but he was just like i returned it to the office so like we could have met (laughs) we could have met at that point but we didn't um and then we met like some weeks later that is okay okay that is like a cool like fate thing that's that fits and i didn't Um, i didn't realize until i like looked back and was like oh my god like you were the person who emailed me i Have, have you 
I, I would like, I mean, how my boyfriend and I met is oh, vaguely like yes. that because we, we met on Twitter. Um, and I like remember joking that I had a, I joked about having an internet crush on him five years before I met him. Um, but also we both lived in DC for a while mm-hmm. and we ran into each other on the Metro, uh, maybe three times. And wait, what? Before you met? Like, or after no, you met? No, while we were dating. Oh, and it was, it's always like, it's not that shocking if you think about it. Cause we were both going home and there was like a, a yeah. uh, you had to, whatever, there was a crossing path, but it is super weird when you see someone that yeah. you see all of the time suddenly. Yeah. It's just like, what? Hey, hi. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. I've also had like an experience of like talking shit about someone. And then the next day I happened to bump into them in the city. Ooh. Yeah. But I, I won't. At least it's not the same. I won't day. go into that. Yeah, it's at least it's not like while I'm talking. They like about. creep up you as you're talking. But like, yeah, if there is a god, it, he's like trolling me. <laughs> Wait, did <laughs> I creep up on you as you're talking about? Never mind. Never mind. Um, I also right, thought they were we... aggressively flirty. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah, but they're they're very fun. Yeah, with there's each other. um, um, the conflict here is like pursuing passion versus chasing dreams, which is weird because. She's refusing the immigration decision. I don't know, whatever. Like, she's being pragmatic about being a data scientist. But, like, she's kind of gambling on a leap of faith with the immigration stuff. You see what I'm saying? True. I wrote that note as well. That she's, like, kind of going out on a limb and, like, um, yeah, yeah, pushing against what feels fate. Okay. So, Daniel goes with Natasha to the lawyer's office which they realize is the same building where he's supposed to have his interview. Mm -hmm. Um, Natasha finds out that her lawyer got hit by a car, the same car that almost hit her. Mm -hmm. So her meeting is pushed to the afternoon. Um, She goes with Daniel to his parents' store, which is a black hair care shop, and Charlie harasses them, and Daniel's (laughs) father offers (laughs) Natasha hair relaxer. Uh, Yeah, we did like, I did like this sort of cute retconning, because you do see her lawyer get hit by the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Daniel's like running around Chinatown and then you find out later like oh that was the guy that for some reason the camera showed us got hit by the car right um, and so you like the coincidences I mean they yeah, make up a large cause I portion like, of this movie but I in general like movies that do the whole retconning trick okay you're like going back and being like remember that this is what actually happened that's retconning for people who don't know <laughs> <laughs> um, like um, back to the future which I've never seen. Oh, the whole point of Back to the Future is like going back to the past and like retconning your parents' relationship. <laughs> anyway. Um, I know that he almost like fucks, fucks his, his mom. mom. Yeah. That's all I know about it. Um, um, yeah. I'm into the coincidences. There there are a lot more in the book. Um, yeah. And like, for example, you learn about the drunk driver. That's oh, so cool. That is cool. But like, I get why they took it out of the movie. Um, and another thing about the coincidences, coincidences is that... <laughs> Clearly, the author is a Daniel. Otherwise, you would never write a oh yeah 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 book like this. Sure, I'm so like I feel like he's the favored character. I wish that um I wish that we knew more about the author and her marriage. No, just kidding. Um, just like that she had given interviews about this, and we could find out a little more of like what compelled her to write this story. Um, because I think I don't. I, this isn't this isn't autobiographical, but no. she is a Jamaican woman, I believe. And her She's husband is yeah. a Korean man. Yeah. But I don't know anything. Yeah. That's that. why I'm like, oh, it would be cute if we found out. Whatever. Um, what was I going to say? Um, this is also just when I was like, 
this is moving kind of slowly. Not like, a lot happens. It, stuff, it's it's yeah. very much like a a day in the life um yeah kind of movie. Did you see The Assistant? No. The Assistant was like the last movie I saw before quarantine happened, so you can like judge whether <laughs> that makes me a good person or a bad person. Um but The Assistant is truly just tracking uh this woman's day and it's like kind of boring and I loved it. And I feel like this movie has elements of that, but because it's a teen movie about romance, it maybe doesn't work as much. And I'm I'm wondering if what if that's why it didn't have like a bigger mm. audience. Cause it's just not that it's not super exciting. Yeah, well I was I say this oh, I feel like I said this last time too, but there's a certain economy of like your scenes in stuff like Jane the Virgin or To All the Boys Ever Loved or Grey's Anatomy where you can like have moments of drama and then quickly move on and this Mm -hmm. is just like the opposite of that like when they say goodbye in front of the office this obviously isn't going to be their final goodbye but they like draw it for no reason anyway um (laughs) uh i was going to ask you if in the book there's sort of the twin conflicts that are not related which is fate versus not and then passion versus not is that also a thing yeah i honestly uh yeah they're they're they both exist i don't exactly remember um i really liked learning about the black hair yes care shop history and how that's related to like korean immigration i think that's super cool and again why i my favorite part of the movie and then i'm wondering about when uh daniel's dad gives her the hair relaxer obviously that's like a big (sighs) faux pas but it surprises me because he's owned this store for how many years and it feels like I mean, like, obviously racism is a thing, but, like, would he not know about, like, would he have, he's not a, like, he's not stupid. It's also I don't know. a massive store, so they're successful. It's a big store. Yeah. I actually, I love the scenes in the store. I think it's a cute, I think, like, a hair, a specialized hair store is, like, a cute, like, setting for a scene. Yeah, it's super specific. Um, And I agree with you. I like the cute historical bit. I liked, um... This movie does a weird thing where they're, like, historical asides. And then there's also, like, kind of, let's talk about fate. Let's talk about science asides. Which you're saying, like, maybe was a little more fleshed out in the book. But in the movie, Mm -hmm. I didn't really like. Where they're, like... Oh, you didn't like them? Oh, there's a multiverse theory. And I'm, like, okay, let's get back to the story. I don't know. See, I was into that, but I don't know. I guess that's fine. We can disagree. Well, um, I was going to say I did love um, a little bit of a dive into the immigration questionnaire and like annoying questions that they ask people like, have you committed a crime? And they show a montage of her um, like, what, what was she doing? I think she was maybe like, Stealing, like shoplifting. A candy bar or yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, have you done anything that like is against the US? And she's like at a protest or something and like. Um, what does America mean to you? And it's like a montage of her like getting ice cream on the street with her family. And like, um, you know, I, I thought that was a cute little, if the movie has an agenda about immigration, like that was the part that felt most heartfelt to me was just being like, these are like stupid questions. Um, right. I have more thoughts on that What later. was, so you recently dealt with immigration stuff cause you got married. Yeah. Oh, I just knocked my headphone on my ear. Um, they do ask stuff like that. They say, like, have you committed a crime? They say, are you affiliated with the Communist Party? <laughs> Which I Oops. think is, I think that's interesting because there's not a Communist Party in America. So, like, what, 
would it mean like you're a foreign spy? And if you I were feel a like foreign maybe that's spy, from like olden days. Yeah, you like would maybe say, they just haven't updated the quiz in a while. But because... then you would just say no. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> um and I like that cute little montage about like for her, like New York is like being with my family. She obviously loves her family. Why does she not believe in love? Yeah. Okay. Confusing. Confusing. Doesn't make sense. Um I okay, and then we get to the hair salon. There's a cute struggle, but then they have a flirty moment in the hair salon where he says, your hair looks really soft. You think it could take all that dye? And I thought that was like... Innuendo? Question mark? I, don't, I thought, yeah. I was like, is it supposed to be? Is it, is it like overtly sensual? And then she asks what him I... to feel her hair. And then then um, I, I was confused because like suddenly she likes him. For sure. There is a there is a strong switch, which actually comes up later, but there's a strong switch between them sort of uh being hesitant around each other to like full on cuddling, touching, holding hands. Like she mm, is charmed yeah, yeah, yeah. very quickly. It's cause he asked I, if her hair could take all that D die. I kinda <laughs> I kinda liked it because in my mind, like he knows the trade. Like he yes, like knows about yes. black hair care. And I think that's like super cool i did think that was cute about it i just think like the phrasing was like a little too innuendo-ish for me gotcha yeah <laughs> all right Ooh, um, Next part. yeah i guess the only thing i was gonna say was like i don't think this show does a good job of writing racist dialogue this is a weird thing to talk about but i think that her brother's jokes um, her brother makes some weird jokes, and I don't think they're realistic to me. Like, I've heard people say racist things and racist jokes, and these sound like a person... I just... I'm like, have you heard a racist joke? Because, like, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what he says, um, he, to be honest. I can't remember. He makes, like, some dick jokes, and then he, like, makes an... Im- he implies that she's a shoplifter, and I'm like, because she's oh, black, right. but this is a black hair care store? I don't know. It's... I just, uh, I was like, do you know how to write a racist person? In my opinion, this is not a racist dialogue. Anyway. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So next they go to a planetarium and then a Korean karaoke bar where they make out like pretty intensely. And while they're making out, Natasha is imagining their future together. Typical girl. When she remembers that her lawyer appointment is soon. And so she runs out. And she finally, Daniel chases, Daniel chases after her and she finally tells him the truth that she's leaving the country the next day and basically says he's wrong about fate because she has to leave. Uh, she goes to her meeting with a lawyer who sets up a new trial for her parents' case the next morning. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Okay, so... Let's talk about the planetarium and cuddling. At the museum, she's, like, rubbing a meteor. They're, like, <laughs> or whatever it is. They're rubbing a large black rock. A moon rock, yeah. Rock. A large black rock. Okay. They're rubbing it slowly and sensually and, like, looking at each other. Um, and then during the, like, IMAX movie, they're, like, they're touching hands. And I actually thought it was, like, super sexy. Just to, like, just, to, like, it was much sexier to me than when they're making out. Is they're just, like, touching fingers. And yeah, it is so exciting when you first like someone, when you, when you, like, first hold their hand. Yeah, I wish that I understood her journey to falling in love a little more. Because I, I agree with you. It's so cute. But I just don't think we got a good lead up to it um they're like touching each other and this is where the switch happens yeah this is where the switch happens they're they're hot she's like you're not your dad i'm like you don't know him at all but um 
anyway, but it's cute. I uh, the annoying thing is where he's like, "You should be an astronomer. You love it." Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, as someone who likes a lot of museums, that's really funny because it's just like, oh, maybe she just likes the museum because it's like. Okay, wait. Museum. This reminds me of uh, I'm obsessed with Mary Kay and Ashley mm, films mm, mm. films, and there is an amazing one called When in Rome, and one of the twins don't know which one uh her passion is photography and so at one point she's taking photos of this woman and she says can you move a little bit to the left and the woman says wow you're really serious about this (laughs) that rocks (laughs) and it's kind of same vibes where she's just like she's rubbing the meteors and he's like you gotta do this for your life yeah you love being an astronomer i also don't i don't know what that means anyway i what what is a job about space it would be cool actually NASA working for NASA is a real job and you have to be a really really like accomplished woman in STEM to like you have to be like a very intense scientist to be an astronaut um that would rock yeah and it's also that like could be a cool dream not being an astronomer the, the <laughs> thing about getting a PhD is that you are fated to teach like it, it's not just you don't just like get a P like being an astronomer um, being an astronomer or whatever, it doesn't just mean that you, like, tinker research, with yeah. rocks. You have to, like, teach, and, like, that's super challenging. Or you could be an astronaut. That could be her dream. That would be better. She should go to space. She should and go And then she doesn't space. ever have to fall in love with anyone. Then she's she an be even all by herself. more girl boss feminist icon. Being a woman of STEM. <laughs> okay. And then she can continue to be an atheist because she's, like, I'm in space. Everything is so – I'm so cynical. Science is everything very cold out there yeah so we need to talk about the karaoke scene yeah they're like i fucking as he's like singing uh oh yeah you had a big question my question is is the song crimson and clover sexy (laughs) i don't believe it is is it i don't think it is i do think that the way he looks at her while he's singing this song is like very erotic (laughs) he's like they're so confident like these it, it's teens. almost like they, they this is not like a first time situation like it doesn't feel like for either of them that they're falling in love with the first time or that they're like kissing for the first time like it's there's none of that hesitancy it's super comfortable confident he's staring at like her as he's singing <laughs> yes. well i was gonna say um, i wish that there was more uh insight into her being like okay i'm gonna I'm going to go for it and like really I'm really attracted to this guy and I'm going to go for it. But instead it's yeah. like instead it's like this guy sucks and I don't believe him and then suddenly I'm into him. Yeah, there there definitely is not a strong uh. explanation. There's also another problem with the scene which is that <laughs> he is clearly lip-syncing and it pisses me off. It's not a good so much. Yeah, it's not a good lip-sync. This happens in Glee a lot, which I've seen a lot of, and I don't understand why there isn't a director who just says, open your mouth more, <laughs> or just sing. Like, people sing, and they're fake singing, and their mouths are, like, little, like, little tiny. They're just, like, closed. Well, he also has, like, a face I can that tell. looks like a foot. <laughs> well, this is, like, where I was, like, his hair is part of his sex appeal, because he has great hair in this scene that's, like, brushed over. It is good. It is yeah. good hair. And he, like, loosens his tie and he, like, unbuttons I wanna, his shirt. I want to talk about the 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 dreaming where she yes. goes into the daydream where she, like, imagines being an astrophysicist with a hot husband. <laughs> it rocks. Honestly, I, okay, first of all, it's fantastic. Second of all, 
when she's pregnant, she's wearing this like amazing jumpsuit. Yes. It's like a light yes. pink button up jumpsuit, which is great. And obviously Issa's on the search for one. <laughs> However, I would argue that pregnant women should not wear jumpsuits because you have to pee constantly. And so she would just be like ripping off all like, you know, when you wear a jumpsuit, you have to like fully take it off to pee. So she would just be taking that thing on and off all day. There are some jumpsuits, I guess, that could have like a butt flap, but also jumpsuits. <laughs> jumpsuits are like really hard to fit. Like, yeah, even and when especially you're not with a belly. pregnant. Yeah, so you just have to have different jumpsuits for different fucking trimesters of your pregnancy. It is like um, super cool though, and I did look up jumpsuits after I love, watching. Yeah, the movie. I love the clothes that they have in her dream, where they're having their like stylish, simple courthouse wedding with their anthropology ass. Or beholden, <laughs> sorry, beholden is the anthropology wedding line. They're beholden ha- ass like wedding gown, um, and I'm like, this all makes sense because they're actually in their twenties, and that's why this looks so nice. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I do love. I will say that the scene where she's like, "I'm being an astrophysicist," and then my hot husband walks by the door. I'm like, yeah, that's also my dream. <laughs> you have that dream almost. I mean, you're a public health lady uh, in stem with a with a hot I, I husband am a wo- i am a woman in stem um that's not how it looks like but yeah and then they have a hot makeout scene it's like pretty intense yeah, like in the book in, in the book the, the daniel thinks to himself like am i gonna have sex in a karaoke, karaoke room? room which is what i was thinking when i was watching them they both have Are great hair have they're both like mussing each other's hair up which is one of the reasons i think they fall in love is that they touch each other's hair a lot um oh i was gonna ask you have you ever had any like sensual like hair touching uh oh that's so specific i mean like yeah have you do you have any moments of like related to like hair and like being horny oh i do i do okay okay. Okay. (laughs) this isn't this is the first thing i thought of which is i am (laughs) walter knows this he just knows that i like when his hair is longer okay okay than when it's shorter and it's because he looks more jewish with longer hair (laughs) and so like whenever he cuts his hair i'm always like a little bummed out and like during quarantine he's had like really long hair obviously and i've been like nice well yeah he keeps trying he keeps cutting the sides right yeah he shaves off like all of it except for the top it's do you mean that you like longer hair on top or do you like longer hair in general in general like i like curly like long timothy chalamet Interesting. I haven't. I don't think he's attractive. So that oh, one's but hard I like for his me. hair. I like his hair. It, yeah, yeah, he yeah. does have good hair. What um, about you? I I I've never asked anyone if if they've had any hair, hair touching hair experiences. Touching experience? But here we go. Um, I do have a hair touching experience. I was at a <laughs> I was at a um I don't know a nerd kid like college prep program in the summer once where you could just like visit a college campus and like see what it's like. Um, it was I think the summer after eleventh grade maybe. Um, and I liked a boy in the program and we never like did anything. It was, it was like too scary. <laughs> we were like too unconfident. Yeah. Like, I, I was definitely not confident. Um, but one time, um, when we were all watching a movie, like all of us, um, a bunch of people started like touching each other's hair for some reason, just like comparing different hair. Um, and like we touched each other's hair and, um, I was like, he, this boy had like, I think the kind of like Jewish thick hair that you like mm-hmm. and we were like being silly because everyone else was being silly but I was like ha 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 I get to touch his hair <laughs> and then um he did the same to me and then he like after 
the joke was made and like we turned back to just watching the movie he like kind of let his hand stay for a little bit in my hair and i was super turned on (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was extremely horny i thought yeah i thought i was gonna die and i liked him a lot and i never told him um i actually still know the person now and i don't like say his name i don't like him anymore but like if you're listening to this and you know what i'm talking about um we're friends now and i don't want you to feel awkward um but also like feel awkward that was a great time <laughs> that rocks i mean those are like the it's That's funny like because what's like what's best about being a teen <laughs> exactly the like small there's so much to be excited about and like the smallest things are just are, are mind-blowing and super yeah. sexy and couldn't the movie just have been about like her throwing herself into being so attracted to this guy i don't know there's just so much about the like love thing and then the woman in stem thing that like didn't click for me because he's like yeah he's like yeah Which, why why are you so afraid and it's like because because i believe in science because <laughs> like you can personally relate to this because of who you are oh because i'm a woman in stem correct yeah so, like you are the ultimate judge i guess that's true i also judged her for like being pissed off at him because like she got there fine she got to the immigration thing fine i don't know why she was stressed out if she set a reminder to remind her to leave and then she was just like oh my reminder it's time to go i think maybe she was angry at him because she's like falling for him yeah. and even though she has to that's leave true, that's so true. she's upset um the last thing i had to say here is that and this is something that i this is like a pet peeve of mine about immigration movies which i can talk about at the end but so she goes to see the um immigration lawyer who is a pro bono lawyer and mm-hmm. he is like the good guy and he's like hey good news like I'm going to go see the judge that issued this removal offer for your family. And I went to school with him. He's a good guy. Um, I know him because he's a good guy. And I went to school with him. And he's like, how does that feel? And she's like, like someone finally cares. Yeah. Um, and my comment is just that nepotism is not going to fix the immigration system. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I can talk about this more later at the end, I think. But um, all right. Yeah. Keep going. Okay, so. Daniel's upset because he kind of just got yelled at and he goes back to his parents' shop where his brother says he would fuck Natasha. So Daniel punches him and they get into this fight and all the like mannequin heads are like falling everywhere. (laughs) I like it. Um, Yeah, it's great. His dad breaks them up and Daniel sort of brushes off his father. After Daniel leaves, Natasha comes to the store and asks Charlie for Daniel's number. He is being nice all of a sudden and gives it to her. And then Natasha and Daniel hang out and end up sleeping in a park overnight. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, No. No. Okay. My first comment is actually that I felt that they could have done more with with Daniel's family because there's clearly this dynamic where Daniel's the golden boy and then the older brother gets blamed for stuff because the dad immediately blames the older brother, which is true, but, like, he didn't know what was going on. He just, like, doesn't blame Daniel for anything. Um, I also, again, think that they can't write racist dialogue. Little black girl made your balls grow is not good dialogue. Ew. That's Ugh, not good uncomfy. dialogue. Uncomfy. I don't like that. Uh, we get um, And we get this, like, cool flashback. Oh, yeah, of him as a child getting his profession chosen. Yeah, so that... that I, okay. Is that real? Okay, like, so I googled it. It's, um, it's a Korean tradition called the Doljabi tradition where they pick from a bunch of objects. But I don't think it's objects like a stethoscope, a scale, you know, like... I think it's more like symbolic things. It's more like um like tarot reading. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry, I don't I don't mean to be disrespectful at all. It's not it's not like 
pictures of careers. It's right. more like this it's not person. Like the game life. Yeah, it's more. <laughs> <laughs> what would be like the data scientist thing to pick? Like a copy of The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. A calculator? Be... Uh, uh, I don't know. It, yeah, it, a a pie chart. That's true. Maybe his parents were like making up their own ones, so they wanted to make it more contemporary, and they were like, "You can be." One of them is like. If if he's gonna be a Goldman Sachs consultant, he's gonna pick like, I don't know, a, a coin. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, another reason why I I struggled with this part is because there's sort of a Charlie redemption plot where Daniel like rebuffs his father, and then Charlie's like nice, like mm-hmm. sticking up to dad, and then he decides to give Natasha his number. Um, yeah, I don't, I didn't love it, like. The character Charlie was just confusing and not well written. Yeah, and I, th- I think, maybe speaking from experience, the like, one kid is the kid, good kid, and gets pressured, and one kid is sort of the black sheep. Like that's like a realistic um, conflict to have in a family, especially yeah. an immigrant family. And I think they could have done a lot with it, and they didn't. They just made him like a um, caricature Charlie. Are you the good kid? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Glia. Um, if my brother's listening to this, he's the cooler kid, which is which does match up with Charlie. <laughs> I wanted to know oh, more yeah, about. I wanted cool. to know more about Charlie. Like, why does he have these cool tattoos? What's his job? Is he in a band? He's just also hot. He absolutely looks like he's in a band. He's hot. Okay. Also, after <laughs> the fight, um, Daniel ices his lip with a Coca Cola can, and I was oh, like, I didn't. Shout out to Isis. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's also not what I would do. <laughs> Yeah, what? That doesn't make any sense. I did but like, I think it was like great marketing. Um, there's a cool like montage here about like Korean and American names and like how um in Korean names your last name oh fuck, I can't remember. I can't keep it straight. But where the last name versus the first name falls mm-hmm. and how he had, the dad had to navigate that when his kids were born. Um, but they don't really do anything with it. I yeah. think that probably worked better in the book. I don't know. Anyway, there's go- okay. So just in yeah, general, this is where the movie is kind of slow, and and there's just a lot of them making out and kind of like being in love, and like they go onto a cable car and they're all alone, so they get to like make out, and then they sleep in a park again. That's insane. And my question is, where have they been peeing? Also, <laughs> her makeup is still perfect, and her, her lips are still glossy. <laughs> um, two comments. One is that yeah, they go in the cable car to Roosevelt Island, and they like um sleep there one is that um they they wake up and he opens his eyes and goes day's sweetest moments are about dawn and i was like is that a quote this guy is deranged yeah it's a random poem <laughs> okay i mean well he's uh, he's artistic guess, and but that's poetic like the first anyway whatever i i mean anyway. he's annoying <laughs> uh yeah he's annoying which i actually think would be a funnier instead of making him Instead of making teens, like, super wise and, like, mini adults in movies, they should just make them dumb in, like, funny ways. Anyway, I had a question for you, which is that, um, what are some improbable places you've made out as a teen that are, like, not your home? (laughs) I mean, I didn't do a lot of making out as a teen, to be honest. Okay, but would you ever make out in a park? (laughs) No, I... Agree. Hmm. (laughs) I did. Par- I did making out in like parking lots in parked cars. Oh, that is very teen evocative. I've yeah. never done that. It's not pleasant. 
I'll yeah, it's just say. a place. Yeah. I didn't. What about um, you? I didn't. I didn't drive as a teen. I learned to drive in college. Um, I I made out on a playground once, which is kind of weird. No, that that's very. Back. I think that's sweet. It is funny that like teens kind of take over playgrounds when I think it's cute. In reality, and then eight it, year like, olds should be there. I think it's like cute to make out there, and then once it gets like hornier, then you're like, eh, it's a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> We're, like turned on. No here. horniness on the playground, please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, unless you're a friend of Jeffrey yes. Epstein. I don't know. Oh, I don't no. know what I was going to say. Boo. <laughs> oh, uh, the other comment I had was that I once saw horny teens making out on a blanket in Prospect Park. That's cute. It was it was awkward because I kept being like, oh, and like looking at them. And I was like, I should not look. I kind of wish we, we get did. the La La Land. <laughs> we get the La La Land montage, the La La Land effect. I think like the biggest part. Or in, in my circle of acquaintances, a lot of people cried in La La Land because of the ending montage, which if this is a spoiler for you, I don't know what to say. But um, <laughs> the characters imagine what could have been and that's supposed to be like, uh, I don't know. But this is but then it's not really La La Land because this is actually what happened where she's like, uh, he's going to Hunter College and she's just living it up in Jamaica Looking super hot. Looking super hot. He becomes like a line cook and looks super fuckable. Like, in those glasses, my god, <laughs> oh they worked my for god. me. Yeah, that was the hottest he's been in the entire movie. There's like, <laughs> I I was annoyed because there was some drivel like, oh, we cannot allow the story to be written for us. Like being just like piped in over this montage, and I was like, shut up, shut up. I just want to watch <laughs> their hot adulthood. <laughs> I will say that so in part of this we see her kind of going back to high school in Jamaica and it's super weird to see her in high school because she just <laughs> looks older and like we haven't seen them in the school setting and so I'm like this is a woman she made yeah. out in a karaoke room and then they like she walk not be through the school. street she walks through the street with some cool friends yes and I'm like I guess that asshole immigration person at the start who was like you're gonna live it up in Jamaica like is the message that he was right and people shouldn't be afraid of getting deported? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. We don't see her, like, upset. The fact, like, yeah. we don't, because she doesn't have any friends, we don't see anything that she misses except for Daniel, who she met the day before. Also, like, the difference is, I guess, like, her parents have money, so she has, like, a fine life in Jamaica and goes to some random university. I don't know, like, uh, anyway, whatever. Five years later... <laughs> Yeah, let's move on. Okay, so five years later, Natasha is back in New York because she's getting her PhD in astronomy. Yeah. She um she asks her lawyer to get coffee, but purely to ask about Daniel. <laughs> relatable, relatable. <laughs> she finds out that um the lawyer when he like went to the hospital for his bicycle crash, he married. He ended up marrying the doctor who treated him. Um, so more fate there, but he doesn't know anything about Daniel. And then as Natasha goes to leave, Daniel comes out of the kitchen wearing glasses and starts <laughs> reading a poem about the sun. And then they kiss. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not into it. I No, 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 no. I actually was going to say the, the cute little fate things at the end here were stuff I liked. Like the, the, the lawyer saying like, actually, the doctor is now my wife. Husband? Wife. Uh, sorry. The doctor is a woman. <laughs> sorry, but a student visa is the easiest way to, the com- to come to the U.S. So, like, I don't know why she was like, oh, it took me so long to try to get back here. 
actually being I if have, you get accepted into a good school the student visa is the easiest way to come i have a few questions one did daniel get a new number two <laughs> is his parents store gone three if he <laughs> wanted to find natasha why was he not online at all why did yeah. he not have any social media daniel is one of those people who doesn't trust social media <laughs> could, like i believe daniel that but i also think grid. that he would he would like put something out there for Natasha. Yeah, Daniel vanished, so she can't contact him. But yeah, she could have just gone to the store. Why was she meeting the lawyer? It I think because the the movie needed to like get us information about the lawyer, and so they did that in this way, but it, it didn't make any sense. Also, she didn't need to ask him for coffee to do this. She could have just Texted called him. him. Yeah, called him. He he didn't even drink anything. He was there for like <laughs> three minutes. And like New York is not like, it's not easy to just go get coffee in New York. Like, yeah, you have to yeah. freaking travel to get there. She was also going to freaking UC Berkeley, so for her to stop in New York. Anyway, whatever. Uh, there's a thematic line here that I got annoyed about, which is, like, they're talking about stuff, and then um, there's a line where she goes, like, maybe just being open to fate, maybe that's a choice. And I'm like, okay, mm. but that's not the same as deciding to be an astrophysicist. <laughs> 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 Again, like, the confusion of the two messages is what I was most annoyed about, I think. Um, yeah, because, like, what how what does fate have to do with our professions? Like, what like, what would that look like for fate to mean she'd had to be an astronomer? Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you, did you have a passion versus pragmatism moment when deciding what to study in college? Um, ugh, what a disaster. I was undecided until the last second. I considered everything. I had no idea what to do. I, I was lost. I ended up doing sociology and I, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. It was a disaster. And then I immediately after college worked as a receptionist and have never done anything with sociology since. So I don't know. I think it was neither. I think it was just, uh, not having a clue about the real world or my interests. But, like, we know now that, like, what you want to learn about and what is fun to learn about or fulfilling to learn about doesn't track with career anyway, always. Mm -hmm. And if you're lucky if it does, but, like, so it's not, it's not you. It's, I don't know why, uh, it's what the fuck is college for? I mean, I love, I love to learn. If If I had a choice, I would be in grad school for, like, five different things forever. (laughs) <laughs> did you know you wanted to be a vet before like when did you know you wanted to be a vet? So my passion versus pragmatism moment is this weird thing where I was just a horse girl and I loved horses, but I was also like anxious about trying to make something pragmatic about that. So then I was like, maybe I could be a vet because I'm good at science and like I um I could make that work and mm-hmm. maybe I should just like, rebrand myself that way because then because i bought into this whole thing about like if you have a dream job you'll never work a day in your life which is Uh which is bullshit and um so i made my passion at the time my teen passion into something pragmatic and i don't think that that was a good choice like i think it would have been fine for someone to just be like you like horses and that can be totally separate from what you want to do for sure like, What's it called? Commodifying? Like, commodifying your hobby yeah. is not always great. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, want... Um, I just wish someone had been, like, you can just have a passion outside of your work as well. And then you could... If you're lucky, you can have a job that doesn't suck. But that's, like, unrelated to what you're passionate about. And in some cases, 
is unrelated to what is fun to study in college. Yeah. Um, I would have done it completely different, to be honest, but can't go back now. Can't go back now. But I I love learning as a nerd, and I just wish that it wasn't tied to career. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, uh, enough. I liked the ending. I did. Here's I did. Li- I did like the the very ending where there's a mm-hmm. cute little twist of fate where she has to let people out of the door. So she, mm-hmm. if she had walked out at that instant, she wouldn't hear him start the poem. I, I like. Okay, that. Here's the thing. I know that I liked this because I was kind of like, even though obviously I knew it was going to happen, I was kind of like, oh, like I I want her to see him. Like I really I hope that like they see each other. I was like super invested, and then I cried when they like saw each other. Um, but I was wondering if you think the movie would be better either without this ending or with, like, this hinted at rather than, like, truly just, like, they got together. Mm. Like, some hint of it. Because I think it, it might have been a little better if we, like, were left to to believe that, like, they had a chance to see each other and make it work. I think that that's interesting. I think that that could have been cool. And I, I actually do know some movies... Um where like the fate ending is a little more vague and that's like pretty fun but i i also think that i'm okay with the ending i just think the whole movie could have been better if they just removed the stuff about astronomy (laughs) (laughs) don't you think like the movie could have been better if it were simply about this like tragedy that a high school student has to like figure out leaving high school and leaving new york um yeah, and like the immigration part of it, just remove that's so the woman interesting because like part. I I honestly like never I never thought about that, and part of the reason why is because I'm a dumb person who like thinks of science as science, and so to me, her being a data scientist isn't that different <laughs> from being an astronomer. I'm like, they're both boring. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I just mean I just mean take out the whole passion versus not part and just yeah. focus on the kismet. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. The Notebook did um, better with like. Star-crossed it, it, lovers, like, ending out. That, that's for just, sure. The Notebook is just about that. It's not about um, Regina George, Rachel McAdams, um, <laughs> wanting to, like, be a business owner. <laughs> okay, the so Notebook in the had, book, like, a subplot where <laughs> Rachel McAdams were like, mm, I really love this guy. And also, like, I'm interested in uh, owning a restaurant. <laughs> in know. the book, um, one thing I definitely like better is that Okay, so in the movie, we see Natasha, like, scrolling through her phone, and even though literally five years have, have passed, like, her pictures of her and Daniel are, like, second scroll. Like, they're just, like, right there. And she's <laughs> like, oh, Daniel, I wonder what he's doing. Um, and in the movie, they move on with their lives completely. Yeah. No, sorry, in the book. In the book, they move oh. on with their lives completely. They go do other things. They fall in love with other people. Normal. Like, it's sort of implied normal. that. Realistic. Normal. And then they're just on a flight together. And there is another person who's cut out of the movie completely who Natasha goes to speak to because she's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in five years. And then he's there. And then that's when Daniel sees her on the flight. That rocks. Oh! I love that. Oh, what so a they good weren't payoff. seeking each other. Yeah, that could have been better. I also uh, is the movie about immigration or is it about being a woman in STEM? And here's something I did find out about the author. And I'm uh, I, uh, now I sound like an asshole. Of course you can be an immigrant and, like, have struggles about being a woman and stuff. <laughs> but um, something I did find out about the author is that she was a woman in STEM who was majoring in engineering at Cornell. And then she took a creative writing class and got her hooked on writing. 
and then attended um, Emerson for to do like an MFA. And so maybe that this is part of her love letter to being like, oh, like actually it's fun to follow your passion. Mm. But she still like loves science. She's like, let me make this someone passionate about science. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I do like the book was a little much for me. And I think I think that the movie really captured the book's themes. The book's slightly chaotic. They toned it down energy. Um, the earnestness and I I think maybe the movie ended up working better for me because it was less um I don't know. Every all of this the whole book and movie together are a little like cute. I mean it's a very straightforward movie. I think it could have been better too if it were just pared down a little and like moved a little faster. Yeah, it could have been faster. It's a pretty but... straightforward plot, I guess. Okay, here's my immigration movie pet peeve. Okay. <laughs> I think and I'm not trying to sound like an asshole. This movie could have been better if it were simply about like um like I'm a high school student. It's so terrible that I have to figure out immigration problems while also being a high school student. That in itself is like really high stakes and you don't have to like introduce more high stakes by having yeah. her run around the city. Um because like the truth about like being an immigrant teen is that like or just like being a fucking immigrant in America is that like the system is very random and feels very broken because random cruelty happens all the time mm-hmm. and like random tragedy happens all the time. And so like the stakes are that you're a teen and you're being forced to like reckon with like decisions that could change the whole course of your life that you have no control over, which she does sort of get to. But then like there's um there's this like high stakes of like will will the lawyer help her or not like no 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 like the lawyer has a friend who could help and like this is like a fucked up system and it won't be changed by just like lawyers who happen to have nice friends so like the point yeah. is not that like you know maybe she could have figured it out but that like the whole it sh- shit sucks and like they could have just like explored that it could have been like what if she was like in the 24 hours before she left she was like my life is falling apart because I am a teen and I'm really embedded in New York and now I have to leave and I love New York. And now I'm like in love with this guy and I'm going to like try to throw my heart over the fence and like spend 24 hours with him. And the conflict is more like, oh my God, like why is this happening now when I have to leave? Like don't bring in all this college shit. I don't know. Anyway, I think like there's just ways to play up. There's ways to build the drama of being of having your situation be so uncertain without like forcing it. And like, for example, like Master of None, regardless of what you think about Aziz Ansari. <laughs> sorry. Um does a good it does a good job exploring emotions in like a in like a way that's not like it's not like super duper high stakes, but it feels really emotional. Um, because like having an immigrant family that's really like dealing with emotions is like very emotional. Um, oh, also the yeah. movie Like Crazy. Have you ever seen that? No, no, no. It's amazing. And it's a different kind of immigrant story because the woman is an immigrant from, like, London. I don't know. She's white. Oh, my God. And oh my God. It's a little different. <laughs> but, no, but it's so emotional. Also, Jennifer sure, Lawrence sure. makes an appearance. Check it out. Ooh. Um, a J-Law appearance. Yeah. Um, my last comment was that there's a review that says, this crowd pleaser convinces us to spend one day savoring an American dream. And I was like, is it an American dream to, like, sleep in a park? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's all I had. (laughs) Should Um, we answer our three questions? um, Yeah. um, I I guess 
I did. I mean, to be clear, I did like the ending. Um, we've come to the end. Jane, <laughs> is this movie good or bad? It's good. I, think I like it's it. Fine. I think it's fine. <laughs> okay. Do you like this movie? I do like it a lot. I liked it. I wish it were a little faster. I wish it moved yeah. faster. But I liked it. Um, what type of teen? What type of teen is this movie for? Oh, honestly, it almost feels like it's not for teens. Yeah. Did you get that vibe? <sighs> yeah, this is my other problem with like, and I'm again, I'm gonna sound like an asshole, but I think like sometimes content about immigrants is not for teens. It's it's for mm-hmm. like lib adults. Oh, for sure. There's definitely <laughs> yeah. There's it's a lib for liberal vibes. adults. It's for adults to be like, oh, that's so tragic. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I guess I would, and there's no teen that I'd be like, I'd give this to a teen who doesn't believe in love. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not going to convince them. In fact, if a teen truly didn't believe in love and watch this, they'd be disgusted, I think. <laughs> I think I'd maybe recommend the book. <laughs> yeah. You should read, you know what? You should read the book and then, like, tell us what yeah, you think. You and like maybe you would hate better, it. Right? You like the movie better. I, I, you know what? I don't know. Oh. I'm not sure. Well, I I think a teen that would like this movie is someone who likes Riverdale and just likes cute endings. I don't think, I don't think it, it has. If it's for a woman in STEM, they're just gonna be like annoyed by it, like I was. <laughs> yeah, we need a less critical viewer like me, just like just like a yeah, a, dumb a woman, idiot. a woman, <laughs> a dumb woman, no, no. a normal woman, <laughs> a normal woman, not a woman in STEM. Um, I do like. I think my favorite parts of it were like the montages and the cool outfits. The parts that felt like like a jewelry commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's I am glad we watched it. I do think we've watched some kind of dramatic movies and we need to scale back and do some like uh kind of more flip movies. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, let's get into something stupid. Let's get into some dumbass content. Um what are you watching these days, Jane? Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, we watched like all four episodes that are currently out of The Undoing on Saturday night. I think it's bad, but I'm going to watch the rest of it. I like Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, she's a treasure. She's a she's a treasure. Um, I have no idea who done it. And yeah, what about you? I um, am still watching Catastrophe. I tried to watch Dash and Lily to see if it would be good content. It. Uh, I was immediately annoyed by <laughs> the first episode. And then um, on a family Zoom call, like on an extended family Zoom call, my dad um, trapped me by saying, purposefully saying, like, he and my mom had watched all of Dash and Lily, knowing that I would be furious. (gasps) And then everyone just, like, laughed at me because I was so mad. (laughs) But um, uh, what sucks is that, like, it's a book for, or it's a book. It's a TV show for people who like books. There's a lot of, like, I love to go to the Strand and I love books and I'm smart. And what sucks is that, like, I am, like, an annoying girl who likes books. Um, but I hate all <laughs> content that talks about girls who read. And we can yeah, talk about it, that. It, it is weird to me that, in general, if someone reads in TV, it's, like, notable. Well, and that it's, like, it has to be this, like, annoying persona. We I wonder if we'll find a teen movie that encapsulates this. Um, but uh, it's... 
it's dumb. It was, it was, it made me angry, but it is New York porn. So maybe I'll like put it on and just mute it. Because it's like <laughs> a lot of it. cool. <laughs> As it, since you can't like go outside safely Lower right now. Just, <laughs> just have it, just have it on the, um, on the TV. Um, I also watched Manchester by the Sea for the first time. And how was that for you? I liked it. However, having been a person who was once depressed and driving around suburban Massachusetts, it was too specifically good at that. <laughs> I had to stop watching it because it was, it was so sad. sad. Yeah. It was so it was so sad. I mean, and I know Casey Affleck, whatever, he's whatever, he's canceled. Not a good person. He's an amazing actor and yes. That movie was so so too much. I had to stop. I think as people who moved away from Massachusetts, we were just like it was a good like Massachusetts movie. Mm-hmm. And there's like I want to watch more by that director because I think he's good at just like portraying the everyday and everyday um, depressed suburban Massachusetts. Just really specific vibes there. This is why I'm allowed to like Garden State because we're allowed oh, to like movies about yeah. places that we like. That pull even it off. if they're bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Um. Anyway, I think I think that sums it up for uh, The Sun is also my butt. <laughs> oh we never talked about why it's called that oh because there's this like convoluted (laughs) thing where she's like the sun is also a star wink wink looks at camera um and and the sun deserves to be talked about the way stars are she says that poems are always about the stars Mm -hmm. why aren't there poems about the sun immediately i was enraged there are multiple (laughs) poems about the sun (laughs) true immediately that's true. I feel like we're like really into the sun. Emily like, Dickinson. Artistically. Emily Dickinson likes the sun. There's like Shakespeare sonnets about the sun. Anyway, whatever. I I think it's wrong. It's wrong. It's a false premise. Um, but I burn it. I yeah. Down. Ah, uh, they're so. These teens are so pretty. Yep. Anyway, that's um, something we can always agree on. You know, uh, that was under the bleachers. Our podcast about teen content. Um, just a reminder, we would love if you hit that subscribe button, whatever way you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and uh, leave a review. It helps us, and we'd love to read reviews. Oh, yeah. We will read them on the pod. Oh, yeah, yeah. One. Um, please, please share us with a friend. And with a teen. <laughs> you can get in touch with us at underthebleacherspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at at Bleacher Teens. <laughs> um, so we will see you next time. Under, Under the, the bleachers. bleachers. <laughs> Bye. Bye.